Chapter Ten of Overruled by Pansy. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Ten: An Anniversary. On the hall table had lain three letters for him. Every one of them contained bills. Two for much larger amounts than he had expected. One was presented for the third time with a peremptory demand for immediate attention. He threw them down with a sense of having been injured why should bills be allowed to force their ugly faces upon him just as he was meditating radical changes for the better he went on to the dining-room he was later than usual those private calculations had consumed time mrs bramlett sat alone at the head of her table she looked up at his entrance with an injured air here i am eating my solitary dinner it is the third time this week it is very pleasant to be married to have a house of one's own where one can enjoy solitude your friend marjorie wanted to know if i had become used to it i told her i was becoming used to most things and so i am although i will confess that since this is my birthday i did think perhaps you would make an effort to reach home at least at your usual early hour such had been his greeting he had given a slight start at the mention of the birthday he had forgotten it but he told himself drearily that it was just as well since he had no money for birthday offerings he looked at his wife critically as he took his seat opposite her and wondered if it would be worth while to tell her some of the thoughts awakened in him by the news from the mission she had changed a good deal since their marriage she was by no means so pretty as she used to be he was not sure but there had come to be a look of habitual gloom on her face no that was not quite fair only a few evenings before she had met him with smiles and winning words and had tried to rest and comfort him when he complained of weariness his conscience reminded him that he would have none of her comfort but that he hastened to tell himself was because he had been so tried by business cares any woman of sense ought to expect such times if she were in a like gentle mood this evening she would find he could meet her half-way but nothing was more evident than that no such mood possessed her what if he should himself take the initiative suppose he should remark that he was sorry to have been late especially on her birthday one wonders that it did not occur to him to be amazed over the fact that such a commonplace courtesy as that would have been unusual furthermore what if he should ask her to walk down with him by and by to the mission to meet glyde he might tell her about harvey barnes she used to know harvey and would no doubt be interested in hearing of his new departure these thoughts passed rapidly through his mind and he opened his lips to put some of them into words just as his wife broke forth if you have nothing whatever to say mr bramlett now that you have come i may as well begin at once upon the interesting items that have been dinged into my ears this afternoon your immaculate sister hannah has been here again giving me a benefit i do not know why she does not choose an hour when you are present she talks about you continually she is terribly exercised let me tell you about your reputation she has heard from i don't know how many sources that you are hopelessly in debt according to her ideas the business men meet on the street corners and discuss the alarming nature of your affairs 
if you have any reason to give why you do not pay that odious dunlap for instance i wish you would rush right down there and tell hannah she will proclaim it from the housetop before to-morrow night at least she will mention it to that confidential friend of hers jack taylor and he will see that it is spread abroad was it wonderful that ralph bramlett being the man he was lost every vestige of a desire to speak kind and conciliating words to his wife his reply was icy in its dignity i wonder mrs bramlett if you could explain why you consider it necessary whenever you mention my sister to insult her insult your sister that is an exquisite suggestion it is not i let me tell you who have helped to place your sister's name in the mouth of every street loafer instead i have done my utmost not only to warn her but to rouse her brother in time to save her reputation is not this true don't talk to me about insults it is your wife who's been insulted i can assure you if you had heard hannah's words to me this afternoon even you might have been roused to at least a show of interest but why soil these pages by recounting the words that followed from both husband and wife they were not many almost immediately following the last sentence recorded mrs bramlett remembered the possibility of the girl lena being within hearing therefore while she said a number of stinging things she lowered her voice so that had lena's ear been even at the keyhole she would not have been much enlightened as for the husband he was never loud-voiced strong excitement had the effect with him of quieting any outward manifestation so that his tones were even lower than ordinary when he had anything particularly trying to say he arose from the table before the second course had been completed and without a word of excuse or apology retired to his private room leaving his wife to control face and voice as well as she could and explained to Lena that they did not care for any dessert that night. Mr. Bramlett had been too tired to wait for it, and as for herself, having been in the house all day, she had not much appetite for anything. Then she, too, made a precipitate retreat to the darkness of her own room. It was after this home scene had been concluded that Ralph Bramlett allowed himself to bow his head on his hands, and groan out to his heart that miserable, it might have been not in any sense did he consider himself to blame had he not come home with the intention of turning over an entire new leaf he called it now a deliberate intention though the reader will remember how far from decision he had been no he corrected that last phrase and put it that he had come home intending to carry out the plans which he had long ago formed and would undoubtedly have followed out had it not been for the millstone hung about his neck in his bitter anger and pain he allowed himself so to designate in his thoughts the wife of his choice but as has been said he had not given himself long to that train of thought truth to tell like experiences were becoming too common in his home to hold his attention long he did not change his attitude but his thoughts turned quickly to the proposition which had been made him that day with the unpaid bills lying beside him on the table he thought again as he had a hundred times before 
of the thousand dollars that would be given him in advance with which to furnish that store and remembered that it would be left to his judgment as to whether much or little of it should be so spent and the remainder could be paid back at any time during the winter it is wonderful what a delightful sound that indefinite any time had to the debt-burdened man long he sat going over all the arguments in favor of his acceptance of the business offer all the phases of relief that would come to him in such a case as well as the network of perplexities and embarrassments that would continue to entangle him should he decline was public opinion worth such a sacrifice as would be involved for that matter what reputation had he now suppose a tithe of what hannah's narrow mind and his wife's ill humor had flung at him was being said could there be a greater humiliation for a bramlet than that would it not be infinitely better for a man to pay his honest debts than to squirm over a question of taste moreover his name need not appear that thought seemed to have charms for him he repeated it in various forms the bramlet name was undoubtedly being sullied now or at least would be as soon as the true state of affairs should become known he had it in his power to prevent the stain and no one need know by what means he prevented it so far as that was concerned and he drew himself up slightly preserving his dignity as he thought suppose every one knew there was nothing to be ashamed of it was a legitimate business sanctioned by the government under which he lived and capable of being carried on in a way to protect the community from evil why should he hesitate longer then for a few minutes he allowed himself to stand face to face with a question that had all day been pushing to the front and been resolutely held in abeyance it was not what will the lord jesus christ whose name i bear and whose honor i am bound to consider think of this business but what would marjorie edmonds say if she knew that i was planning such a way out of trouble as this he arose at last and kicking away angrily the slippers that had been his wife's latest christmas gift made ready for the street again all thought of the mission and his engagement with his sister-in-law had passed from his mind but an overpowering desire to talk with marjorie had taken possession of him not that he by any means meant to tell her definitely what he was considering not that he had the slightest doubt of what her opinion would be should he do so but simply because he could not rid himself of the desire to ask her certain questions and hear her replies he did not own even to himself that he knew a way to put questions which she would not understand and to draw from her such sympathetic replies as he could shape to his own needs even to his defence if need be mrs bramlett still sitting in her darkened room saw through the closed blinds the tall form of her husband as he strode down the street what could have taken him away again he was not fond of going out in the evening after a hard day's work it required a special effort to get him to do so never before since their marriage had he stalked away without word or sign to her was he too angry ever to forgive her the poor wife's heart ached after him so that she was tempted to push up the window and call 
what if she should shout out into the night and the darkness ralph oh ralph forgive me i did not mean to hurt you i did not mean any of the cruel things i said i love you and am miserable day and night because we cannot be happy together as i thought we should be come back dear and let me put my head on your shoulder and my arms about your neck and tell you how sorry i am what wild words those would be to fling out after him if she should try it would he come back she pushed open the window a few inches not with the slightest idea of speaking any of those eager words but wondering if she should call him suppose she should say ralph wait a moment i want to speak to you that would sound well enough for passer-by to hear and lena if she were listening could make nothing of it then when he was once beside her with the door closed after him she could she pushed the window down she couldn't do it she had a vision of his cold eyes and could hear his icy voice as he came back promptly enough at her bidding he was always in these outward forms a gentleman and stood before her asking what is it you wish she couldn't do it all she wished was to put her head on his shoulder and cry and ask him to forgive her no the trouble was she wanted more than that she wanted him to ask her to forgive him she knew that he would not and she knew that he was to blame as well as herself for the cruel state of things that now existed between them oh more than herself what had she done but speak irritably to him a few times under strong provocation and what had he not done to repel her especially of late no it would be not only humiliating but a species of falsehood to ask his forgiveness as though she alone had been to blame it was well that she had not called him back let him go his way wherever it was he should see that he had married a woman who had self-respect at least she had struggled hard with her anniversary this poor unhappy wife evidently her husband had not so much as noticed it but she had prepared certain dishes that she knew he enjoyed she had arrayed herself in the dress that he used to like and before his plate had placed a tiny bouquet of the flowers that were his favorites and there was the birthday cake over which she had hovered even while it was baking to see that it was done to just the right shade of perfection that he had not even waited to see oh why had everything gone as it had when she had worked so hard and tired herself out just to please him why had hannah bramlett come that afternoon of all others to thrust those wretched pinpoints of criticism into her very flesh the idea of hannah daring to hint that she was afraid his wife's expensive tastes had brought trouble upon ralph and pointing in proof of her charge to certain expensive articles with which she had had nothing whatever to do articles that had been ralph's gifts to her in those early days of their married life that now sometimes seemed centuries away the idea of hannah bramlett finding fault with her because they paid such an enormous rent and lived in so large a house an absurdly large house for two people what business was it of hers how many rooms they had and why should she suppose that ralph had had nothing to do with the choice why should ralph allow his sister who was disgracing herself 
whose name was tossed about carelessly by the street gossips as jack taylor's girl to come and force her criticisms on her to come too in the name of affection for ralph to look distressed while she repeated the vile slander brought to her probably by jack taylor that he not only did not pay his debts but did not mean to pay them and was borrowing money of poor people who trusted him and deceiving them with the story that he had invested it for them she the wife would have thrown anything she could reach at the head of any person who had dared to come to her with such tales but hannah had only wiped her eyes and looked the picture of misery and begged her estelle to change her manner of living and reduce their expenses and help poor ralph out of this terrible embarrassment mrs bramlett as she thought it all over hardened her heart not only against hannah but against her husband End of chapter ten